0: Welcome! Glad you came by. I'm Peter Alsop. This week's song, To Chew, was written by a wonderful Canadian singer-songwriter, Connie Caldor. It's called If You Love a Hippopotamus. I first heard Connie sing this at the Vancouver Folk Festival, and I recorded it on my Staying Over album in 1987. I've used it for years to bring up the subject of how we look and how we compare ourselves to others who may have more muscles or straighter hair or teeth or more stylish clothes or cooler friends. And it's so easy to get depressed about ourselves if we don't look the way we'd like to look or if our outer image of ourselves doesn't measure up to the inner image of how we see ourselves. Let's listen to our song to chew for today and we'll talk about it more afterwards. From Staying Over, here's If You Love a Hippopotamus.
1: If you love A hippopotamus and you love her a lot of us. She will be your friend. That can be mighty handy now and then. If you're stuck outside and the door on the house won't budge, your friend the hippo can lean on it and give it an extra nudge. If you love a hippopotamus and you love her a lot of us, she will be your friend. And that can be mighty handy now and then. Now if you want a cookie, but it's too high on the shelf. You can climb on the back of a hippopotamus and get one for yourself and one for her too if you love a hippopotamus and you love her a lot of us. She will be your friend and that can be mighty handy now. And- find that you just can't sleep late at night your friend the hippo into your room will creep she'll sing you a lullaby till you begin to snore then she'll tiptoe out hippopotamously and slam the door if you love if a of us and you love her a lot of us she will be your friend and that can be mighty handy now and then yes if you love
0: Michelle Browerman played the electric piano, Miriam Cutler and Shelby Flint sang the heavenly background vocals, and the world-renowned tuba player Roger Bobo played his tuba with us on this song. I mean, it's a song about a hippopotamus. We had to have a real tuba for this one. We're just lucky Roger lived near us in Topanga at the time, and he was willing to come out and play with us. Our self-image affects how we function in the world. As Woody Guthrie once said, I don't sing any songs that make fun of your color or your race. I hate a song that makes you think you ain't any good. I hate a song that makes you think you're just born to lose, bound to lose, no good to nobody, no good for nothing, because you're either too old or too young or too fat or too slim or too ugly. I'd starve to death before I'd sing any such song as that. I'm out to prove to you that this is your world, and that if it has hit you pretty hard and knocked you for a dozen loops, that you can get up singing. And I feel just like Woody. And we can get up singing. That's what I like most about Connie's song. There are so many of us that have grown up surrounded with negative comments and criticisms about how we look, just what Woody was saying. And if someone was called a hippo in grade school, that was not a compliment. Lots of kids who are heavy are made fun of and excluded from games and not invited to parties with the other kids. But in Connie's song, we sing about what a great friend this hippo person can be. If we get stuck outside, they can help us get inside. And if we want a cookie that we can't reach, they let us stand on their back so we can reach it, as long as we share it with them. They'll even sing us a lullaby if we can't fall asleep. That sounds like a good friend to me, even though they might accidentally slam the door on the way out. I think carrying around extra body weight is a problem if it's unhealthy for us. And it's never okay for us to put people down or reject them because they look different than we do. We can miss out on an opportunity to have a great friend if we only pick our friends by how they look or who they know instead of by how they behave and how they treat us and other people. It's hard to find new friends who know how to be considerate, so we have to keep our eyes and our hearts open because friends like that can be rare. And if we're heavy or big ourselves, following the rules of a diet might not help us learn to listen to and trust our own body's messages about being hungry. We can get addicted to compulsively overeating sweets and other food because they become medicators for us when we have painful feelings. When we feel sad or scared or angry about things, some of us look for something sweet to eat to stop the pain. When we learn to pay attention to how we feel, like if we're already full and we still want to eat more, paying attention to how we feel is the best way to take care of ourselves. Sometimes when we go on a diet, we're actually giving ourselves the message that I'm no good at taking care of myself and my health, so I'll just follow the rules in someone else's diet. Simple, right? Actually, no, it's not. Because if people can go on a diet, that means those people can fall off the diet. But if, instead of going on a diet, we just make a commitment to ourselves to eat things that are healthy for us and not to eat too much, then we don't need to be on someone else's diet, do we? The pattern goes like this. We fall off the diet, and we gain weight, and if we don't understand what the painful feelings are that drive us to medicate, then we just feel guilty, and we binge and eat more sweets, and we get out of control. Finally, after we go through all that, we just go on another, maybe different, diet, and the cycle continues. I don't think real hippopotamuses, or is it hippopotami, I'm not sure what you call a bunch of them, but I I don't think they get upset because of what some other hippopotamus says about their appearance. Hippos know who they are, and they pay attention to what they do, and they all know that the size of a package isn't as important as what's inside that package. Right? Right. I've asked quite a few. I'm Peter Alsop. I'll be back next week with another song to chew. Bye for now.